Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Kasim. And our guest today is Jana. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us what you do and where you live. Sure. Um, my name is Jana Willoughby-Lore, and I am an artist and a poet and a musician and entrepreneur and a mom and many other things. And I live in Buffalo, New York. Awesome. So in terms of your entrepreneurship, can you tell us a little bit more about specifically what you do? Sure. So my company is called Papercraft Miracles, and it is an eco-friendly handmade paper art company. We make magical things out of paper that make people happy. So we do decorative handmade papers, plantable papers that have seeds in them and they grow. We make paper flowers that look so real you have to go touch them. We make a lot of um, hand-bound books and custom journals, scrapbooks, photo albums, that kind of thing. And we also make a bajillion I'm going to keep that number like trademarked on here. I'm making a, we make bajillions of plantable seed bombs that grow when you plant them in the ground in different shapes and stuff. That's really cool. So how did you get this idea? <laughs> um, it is actually kind of a long story, so I'll make it short because we don't have a super long show today. But um, when I first went away to college, I thought I was going to be a poet forever. And I set foot on the college campus and there was just this amazing creative energy there. And I was like, you know, I, I have to make stuff. I need to do more than just, um, just uh, writing as what I want to do for my career. Cause I'd always made things for fun. But um, once I looked at the course, the courses that they had at the school, they taught papermaking and bookminding as classes. And I didn't even know that was a thing you could take a college class. in. so um I immediately signed up for every single one of those classes in that department that I could get into. And at the end of my freshman year, I met with my advisor and I said, these are all the classes that I took this year. What major am I working toward? And he said, those are all electives, so nothing. <laughs> and I was, am I allowed to swear on this? So I was like, well, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? Um, I can't, I'm here on a scholarship. I can't like have wasted an entire year of school. What, what am I supposed to do now? And because he was really awesome. He said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I, I want to make art and I don't want to be broke. How do I do that? And he said, you should do that as your major. So I did. And I made up my own major. And I put entrepreneurial business and creative art integrated together as one course of study. And I spent four years, the rest of my four years, figuring out how to make money as an artist. And part of my senior thesis was to come up with a business um, so I've had the name and bought the domain name way, way, way back in like 2003, 2004, um, and made a business plan. I had a 25 page paper about my experience. I had financial projections. I had a print catalog and business cards, and I was like ready to go at 22 years old when I graduated school. And I've been doing it ever since on a multitude of different levels in different ways. Okay, great. Uh, so what I type of products, uh, products or services does Papercraft Miracles offer and what makes them unique? Um, so we obviously make all sorts of things out of paper and we try to be really client focused. So the thing that really sets our company apart from other places that make stationery and paper flowers and book binding or whatever, um, A, that we do all of those things because most paper artists kind of pick one thing and, and stay in that lane. So they either make invitations and stationery or they make paper flowers or they make handbound books, but uh, most places do not do all of them. Um, but we tend to be the place that says yes when other people says say no. 
So the scope of the things that we make kind of changes every day based on what our clients are like. We're trying to find this weird thing. Everyone else says it's not possible. Can you make that happen? I'm like, let's figure it out. Let's see how we can do it. So um, in a nutshell, we make handmade papers from scratch, um, one sheet at a time of all different sizes and all different fibers, different materials, different colors, whatever the customer needs. Um, so we make those. We use those papers to make product packaging. We make wedding invitations, other types of stationery, book covers, um, insert cards for products, hang tags, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we make paper flowers. Um, normally I don't move the curtain, but I have a whole bunch of them right here. So like when I say we make paper flowers, like we make paper flowers that look hella real and people are like, there's no way that those are paper. Mm. I'm like, yes, they are. They are made of paper. So, uh, we do a lot of that. So we do weddings, we do, uh, memorial projects. We make, um, big installations, flower walls for stores and offices and things like that. Um, art installations at galleries and like whatever, whatever comes to mind that day, um, whatever order shows up or opportunity comes, comes my way. Um, and then we do handbound books. So we do journals, we do hardcover, softcover books, all different kinds of custom things, photo albums, scrapbooks, um, memory books, that kind of stuff. And then we make a lot of plantable seed bombs, which are for people who don't know what seed bombs are. They are little bits of recycled paper and they have seeds embedded right in them and you dip them in water and plant them and they grow. And there are other companies that make them, but we... I think are like the top of top of the mountain as far as uh, seed bomb production in our quantity, our quality, and the variety of fun shapes and customization options that we have. So like we had a place that was like, I'm doing a fundraiser for a basketball team. And we like make them that look like basketballs or we nice. make these little ones that look like earths, but most of the ones that we make are actually other shapes. So we do hearts, we do birds, we make, you know, bees and <laughs> all star wars like all sorts of whatever shape people want so we do that okay so for, uh, how you are getting the material for your products from where you're getting the material and uh... so it depends a lot of our handmade papers are made using post-consumer waste products so we source that from other local companies that are getting rid of it um so offices that have shreddies and stuff like that we take that um we work with uh local print shops so when other places are printing on you know higher quality paper and they always cut the edges off and things like that they save all that in a box and they bring it over and they give it to us we put it in our machine pulp it up and turn it into new paper and then sometimes we send it back to them to print on it again which is pretty fun <laughs> um we do some printing in-house as well. So we've, we're increasing our capability to be able to print on the papers that we make here um, in-house to keep our costs down and turnaround time faster for our clients too, which is cool. Um, other materials, so the seeds we get, we source those from a company that is based in the United States. They're very reliable. They grow. We've never had any issues with any of the seed seeded products that we make um, not growing. And they get all of their seeds in sustainable ways. They don't do invasive varieties and things like that. They're all things that are, you know, intended to be planted in, in North America um, where we sell them. So we, we try to keep it uh, as, as eco-friendly as possible. We mainly use mixes of seeds that are good for pollinators, things that are good for birds and bees and butterflies. Um, 
And so we either do that or we grow things that are intended to be eaten. So we do um, herb mixes of seed bombs. We do plantable veggie gardens so people can grow their own little gardens. Um, and we do all sorts of stuff like that. For our flowers, we mainly use um, German and Italian crepe papers for those. And they are all, both the main companies that we buy those from produce their papers. Um, some of it's machine made, but like the bulk of like the dyeing process and stuff like that is all done by hand as well. And they operate in eco-friendly ways. And we just, we try to use as many waste materials as possible. Uh, we don't use any floral foam in any of our arrangements. And if we need to like secure something that's going to be in a permanent arrangement and we want it to not fall over, um, we get like styrofoam out of a box from somebody who bought a TV and we try to figure out how to use something to keep it out of a landfill instead of buying something that has the intended lifespan to use, be used for two days and get thrown away. So we <laughs> you are making word better you are making word better by beautifying it i will i will accept this <laughs> we try so, we really try so we have like of all the things that we make we either intend them to be long lasting as something that mm -hmm. people keep in their home and they give they pass it down they give it as a gift to somebody else so like it's it's going to be beautiful for a very long time to keep things as that somebody cares about um that's meaningful for them or if it's something like a wedding invitation or a thank you card or something like that, we put seeds in it and intend it to be having a short life cycle and to easily be returnable back to the earth. I mean, we do, um, all of our packaging is all compostable or easily recyclable materials. I mean, we, we really try to walk the walk. We're not like, you know, greenwashing over here. <laughs> Great, great, great. Awesome. So how do you en engage your customers and community and what role do uh, they play in the growth of your brand? Um, I would say like the, the number one way that we interact with people is via social media. It's just so easy. Um, mm -hmm. I try to be really transparent about living life as a mompreneur. I have three little kids. Um, it is not easy to be the primary caregiver for kids and run a business at the same time. Um, especially one that is in like a luxury market that typically um, people order things last minute and there's a lot of work to do kind of all at once. Um, but I, I like to be very real and genuine with my, with my audience and say like, it's not super easy, but it's also worth it. It is something that I, chose to do with my life because I love it. It's good for me. It's good for other people. It's good to connect people together. And I I just love giving people a way to communicate things that typically are hard to do. And um, even from just inviting people to a wedding, there's a lot of people who go to that wedding who don't know one or the other of the people in that couple. They don't know what story brought them together. We don't, you know, once people get together, they kind of have hang out together for a long time and then you don't know them and you get invited to a wedding and like, okay, who's this person? So we give people a way to start that story and tell people their story. So we made invitations for people whose first date was at a pizza place and we made them out of basil. And they're like, that's where we come from. And it gives people that opportunity. So um, I think under everything, I'm a storyteller. So I love social media for that. I love being able to tell the story of how we help clients and how we work with people and how I came up with this crazy idea for a business when live journal was the big thing. 
right? This is like dating myself a lot, but like there was no social media aside from live journal. And people were like, what do you mean you want to make handmade journals? No one's going to write in a journal ever again. I'm like, just you wait, just you wait. It's coming back around because, you know, as amazing as social media is for connecting people all over the world, as amazing as a platform of like being able to use Zoom and other video communication, it's amazing to be able to connect mm. with people anywhere in the world in an instant. That's awesome. But it is not the same. Getting an email or a text message is never the same as getting a handwritten letter in the mail. Like it's never going to be. It's And when you take notes in a journal, it's scientifically proven that when you write something down on a piece of paper with a pen or a pencil, it stays in your brain in a way that it never will on a computer. And it's just, Absolutely it's just different. Right. You know, like there, there is something about the transfer of energy directly from one person to another. And when somebody makes something with their hands and someone else buys it and then they send it to someone else or they give it to someone else, like that energy goes from one person to the next person to the next person in a way that it doesn't when everything is digital. And I think that this world just has a serious lack of tangible connection between people. And people wonder why they're so lonely and sad all the time because they just share memes <laughs> back and forth and like, oh, I'm totally disconnected. I don't have face-to-face -face conversations. I don't have that um, tangible connection that really, you know, you can hold this in your hand, physical way to connect with other people. And, you know, I, I don't know how I knew before that was going to be a thing, that it was going to be a thing, but I did. I was just like, this is powerful, you know, from way back in the day writing notes to my friends at school and flicking them across the room. Like that's special in a way that text <laughs> messages aren't, you know, they're not. So anyway, true, that was so a, really long, a really long round of <laughs> to say that, but that's how I connect with people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But the thing is we are tech persons. So we are, we, we, we most of our time ask about the tech tech things as well so you uh give us some insights about uh how tangible things are important in the life mm -hmm. so do you think uh, technology has played a role in success and growth of your business 100 percent. so i'm not knocking technology <laughs> for sure because um, okay. it definitely it has its place i mean i wouldn't be able to have nearly as wide an audience as I have being at home with three little kids, you know, like I can't travel and do trade shows across the country. I can't do that. I have to be home with my kids. They're going to school. They're going to daycare. Like I have <laughs> to be here and take care of them every day. So, um, I originally quit my full-time job right after my first son was born and I was home with the baby by myself, trying to grow this company that I had been wanting to grow for 15 years before that. And it, because of social media, because of e-commerce, I was able to build a new website to put up pictures of all this new work that I've been making and build a following on social media and grow my brand awareness and to do all of that for free, pretty much free because of social media. And so, I mean, I definitely can't knock it. It's it's like the number one way that, that I can be introduced to new people. And I mean, obviously the way our world is built, like tech, technological advances, like this is where we're going. But I think that it's it's my main platform to remind people that there's so much more outside of it too, because we can really get lost in it quick. <laughs> but yeah, social media for sure is like 
my main thing social media and being able to add things easily to a website um putting yeah, out fun so, so i guess like you mentioned social media and technology so what has been your biggest pain point in terms of in terms of your technology like what do you not like about what you're using currently i mean i do wish that there was more options for good video conferencing that was still free <laughs> um google meet not my favorite i don't know i mean there's always like weird technological things that I'm like, oh, if it if there could be a program that did this, 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 and this, that would be great. Um, so kind of figuring out ways to get to get the programs that we use to to play nice with each other and connect together. So we use a program to keep track of all of our manufacturers. Since we make everything by hand, we have to find a way to keep track of how long it takes us and what the materials are and um and that kind of thing. And so we've little by little been kind of building up platforms and suggesting changes to this program to connect our point of sale and stuff like that. I mean, that part of technology, I'm all about being able to just take credit cards um, super easily. That is like a game changer for all small business, I think. But yeah, making sure that our point of sale and our website and everything connects to the other backend software that we use and that kind of thing. And Kind of sure. Just, so have you, so I was going to ask. So have you utilized AI or thought about AI in your business? Uh, a little bit, and I try to only use it for, like, here's a whole bunch of data. Can you make sense of this for me? Like, can you pare this down and make it shorter? Or, um, like, I I was just figuring out playing around with Chat GPT the other day, um, to help give clients ideas of which flowers they could put together with a budget based on how much it costs us to make each one right so if they were like i want a bouquet that definitely has hydrangeas what else can i put in it and it will like if i could input a list of the flowers and the list of those prices it can spit out a bajillion different op options for that client you could add three of these and two of these or you could add this and this and um, that it could kind of use the information that it knows on the internet based on what flowers actually look good together in real life to be able to kind of build bouquets for people. So I use it for stuff like that. That's cool. So I guess as of right now, what is your number one priority for your business in the next three to six months? Um, brand awareness. It's always brand awareness because every time I meet people, every time I talk to people, um, they always say, oh, that's really cool. I know somebody, or I heard of this place that you should talk to. And uh, you know, my, my personal connection with people, like being able to, to, you know, sell a ketchup popsicle to a lady in white gloves. That's my jam, you know? So whatever helps me to meet more people, um, either virtually or physically, that's, that's what I'm always focused on. So what advice do you have for somebody who's maybe in college right now, kind of like how you were and thinking about starting a business or aren't sure about what they want to do to maybe start their own business or be like in your position? Because I think in art, Sometimes in business, like in general, people are not thinking as big as you were thinking. So how do you kind of get people to think bigger about what's possible in the business world? Um, I mean, number one, don't listen to people who say it's not possible. Like right out of the box, like F those people. Don't talk to them. Don't listen to them because there are so many people in this world who are going to tell you something's not possible. And so few people who are going to tell you that it is. Um, so hang out with those people. and. I think people really need to remember that life is short. It's short. And there's so many people who are like, someday I want to do this. Someday my dream is blah, 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 right? Like people know what that is. That thing that they think about late at night when they're scrolling on their phone, like, I wish I was doing this instead. That's your thing. 
And some people are meant to make a business out of it. And some people aren't. And some people will turn it into a business and then realize that they spend their whole day on a computer talking to people and not actually doing the thing that they love anymore. And maybe that's not for you. So, I mean, people really need to kind of think about if you want it to be scaled up, if you want to do a creative thing, especially, and you want it to be the thing that sustains you, you're going to have to do a whole lot more of working on that business instead of in that business. And you're going to have to get people to do that thing so that you can go out there and sell it, or you have to hire someone to go out there and sell it. So you can just sit here and do it. Um, but you really can't do both. Sure, um, so. Not all the time anyway, but um, just life is short. So if there is something that's kind of hanging out in the back of your mind, like, I really wish I could do that someday, do it now, because before you know it, you're going to be 65 and you're going to have garbage health insurance and you're not going to be able to travel the world or do those things that you want to do. Cause that is not the world that we live in right now. You know, do the things that you love right now. Cause you don't know about tomorrow. Nobody knows about tomorrow. It's hot as hell in the ocean, right? Like, That's what do we do? You know, if you so, can't do it today, when can you do it? So if we're going to have this conversation again in one year from now, where do you expect things to be with your business? Um, one year from now, um, I will still be making magical things for people 100%. Um, cause that's, that's my jam. I'm not sure if it'll be one year from now, but, uh, someday I'll be making things for Oprah. Like that's happening. She's, she's my friend. She just doesn't know who I am yet. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, you got to dream big. Cause if you're like, oh, one year from now, I might be making some more money. Yeah. You might be. Mm you know but yeah it's those actionable steps for sure i mean that's what you need to take to you know accomplish or work with oprah whoever it is that you know you want to work with so um, i have one other tip too if you're yeah. making a to-do list if you're gonna do it either separate them out into people i need to talk to some somehow you need to contact those people right because that's always on the to-do list make a list of only that stuff Make a list of tasks you need to do, little things like going to the store or reordering this or whatever. A list of projects that you're working on and what's coming up next week. That's what I do every single week. And if you make one list that has all those things, you'll never get them done. If you make four little lists, you'll get them all done. It's way easier because I have ADHD and I can't I can't do the whole list at once. It's too yeah, much. I have ADHD too. So <laughs> I guess if somebody's watching this and if they want to find your website or find you, where can they find, like, what's the name of your website and what's the best way to reach out to you if they wanted to look at your products or purchase your products? Sure. So our website is really easy to find. It's just papercraftmiracles.com. All one word. Um, and it's the same on pretty much like all social media, Instagram, threads, Facebook. Um, we're all at Papercraft Miracles. And on Twitter, also known as X, which I'm not really on, um, it's on there, but it's at Paper Miracle because it can't be long that long. Um, but if you just Google Papercraft Miracles or Google my name, you will find me and you will be quite surprised <laughs> at all the things that I've done in my life. I I look at my resume and I'm like, how did I do that as one person so far? And I'm only in my 40s. So. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. I learned a lot. Hopefully in a year from now, you'll be working with Oprah and we can have that conversation. So wishing you the best of luck. We're rooting for you. Yes, you too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.